Hey, welcome to the Culture Kings Podcast, the podcast that I don't host. But it is hosted by my good friends Edgar Montplazier and Jockey Snail. Very good guys. These guys are just going to talk about pop culture, sports, you know, a lot of shit. Shit people care about. I don't know how to put it. It's like... Podcast, but like a mosh pit. And if you ask him to stop, he'll start shit. I'm talking sports to politics to back and forth. They plead the fifth, but now I'm coming back for more. Ring, ring, really big ring. Basquiat with the clowny thing. With the comedians with the clowny thing. So you better bow down as the coach kings. I feel like today is going to be a, a happy day for a lot of people who tweet at us and say, yo, I love the podcast, but can you put time, time stamps on when you talk about sports and shit because I don't want to hear about that because uh, the NBA season is over. There, there's no more sports. I mean, there is, but you don't really talk about any other sports besides basketball. I, mean, I can talk about baseball and football all day. Well, uh, football's uh, not really like active just yet. Where there is, so, I mean, we could talk about yeah, cap and how this situation and this whole kneeling thing and how the situation is just getting out of control. Yeah, but, but talking about just the sport of it, you don't watch you don't watch football like that. No, not at all. And you definitely don't watch baseball. Well, baseball doesn't get interesting until like you know the fall. To me, at know. least, to me know. at least, it does right. not get interesting until the fall. So I think there's this too is... many games. Well, how many games is it? Like one hundred and sixty-two. Jesus fucking Christ. Uh, that is a lot of game, but you don't. But does you that don't, include playoffs? Or is that no, just regular? no, that's not that's regular playoffs. season. And but how, many, how many rounds are there in the three. playoffs? I'm just seeing Jaquise is like numbers. He knows. Um, I mean, he loves baseball. Favorite sport. He, he loves yeah, baseball. you're on it. Uh, but ba- but I mean, you don't talk about baseball like on a by game basis. You talk mm-hmm. about it mostly like on a week to week basis because mm-hmm. it's such an ebb and flow sport. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one game won't change much, but a week of games can, can change, change an lot. average or 100%. can change like so. Like that's kind of, you. You still, even though it's a lot of games, you still kind of talk about them in the same realm that you would talk about an NFL game. You would just talk about like that team once that week, and then blah blah blah. blah yeah. Blah. But yeah, man, uh, start rejoicing in these streets because we are done with a lot of the sports talk until some shit pops off in the off season, which. <laughs> Well, that's what I was going to say. I was going to say uh, maybe any other year we'd stop talking about it, but mm. this offseason is set to be fucking ridiculous in many ways. Yeah. So I don't know if we're going to necessarily stop talking about we're it not gonna that stop. much. I mean, last offseason was fucking insane. It was me. insane. It was insane. But it was a surprising insane. Nobody saw a lot of that shit coming. That, okay, I, I would put an asterisk on that because I distinctly remember telling you this offseason is going to be wild. Right, and you were right, but I think like the biggest storylines, like I didn't Kyrie see Kyrie leaving. leaving. I didn't, no one saw Kyrie leaving, uh, or Paul George going to the Thunder. Nobody saw that. Uh, like we knew shit was gonna happen, but a lot of the shit that got crazy mm-hmm. was a complete surprise, which is dope as shit. Yeah, it's dope as shit, and I think I don't know, man. I everything is gonna predicate. Look. We got we got Shea Serrano on the pod today. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you don't know who Shea Serrano is, my man is deep in the basketball talk. Uh, so today we are definitely still going to jump into some pretty cool conversation. But when we talk to Shea, we're going to talk a lot about this. Uh, but I think the offseason will not start until LeBron makes his decision. Yeah, well, I mean, that's very soon. I think I was watching SportsCenter last night, and they were saying that um, – he has until like June 26th to opt out of his contract. Right. So like 
that shit's coming. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he has well, to. Well, he's going to opt out really quick. But you know it's still going to be. He's done that, though. Yeah. He opts out every just year. to make more money. Yeah, every year. Which every year. he has a right to do. He has a right to do. Uh, yeah. It makes it tough. It makes it tough to plan the team around him because you're like, all right, I can't plan Well, long-term. Dan Gilbert's already on record saying he's already thinking post-LeBron era, which is what a stupid fucking move to say. I mean, Dan Gilbert. Noted idiot. Noted idiot. <laughs> noted racist. Very noted racist. <laughs> uh, he's a Trumpian. Speaking of noted racists, what do you guys think about the Kaepernick case and like that their legal team is saying they're probably going to subpoena Pence and Trump in their case? What do you guys think of it? It won't do anything. Nothing. <laughs> nothing. That sounds like nothing. a big old nothing burger to me. But do, you, do you think anything's going to happen with his case against no, the NFL? Not at all. Why? I mean, because we live in a white world, Sophie. Yes. I... And then, and, all right, okay. Even if something happens, it's not going to be what should happen. Which is he should take the field. Mm-hmm. That's not going to happen. He's I don't done. think we'll see Kaepernick play football. He's again. done. He's done in the NFL. He's not playing ever again. Uh, so whatever happens outside of that is, I guess it's a victory, but it's not a real victory. Yeah, uh, I, I think what's the most depressing part about it is a much larger issue in which Kaepernick is being judged by his skills in a way that nobody else is, and like. You can just go online right now. I mean, I know that I'm gonna, we're probably going to get tweets from people being like, well, look at his numbers. Look at his numbers. And that's why he's not playing. And it's like, no, you can well, look at starting quarterbacks yeah. last season. Starting quarterbacks last season that had worse numbers than he did. Yeah. Starting quarterbacks again. I'll I say. mean, yeah. I think what you're saying has been proven. Like, just in numbers, you can't argue. People are like, he's not a good quarterback. Well, numbers tell you otherwise. Yeah, he's not an elite quarterback. He's not an elite quarterback. But you mean to tell me he can't be a backup? He's yeah. better than every backup in the NFL. And, and, and he's better than half the starters in the NFL. And this kind of like racism slash double talk goes beyond fucking Kaepernick. I mean, it, uh, and I might be biased because I love the New York Giants, but it goes to fucking how Odell Beckham Jr. is treated when people are just like, he throws tantrums and stuff on the sideline and all that stuff. Go watch any video of Tom Brady. Yeah, any video of Tom Brady. This nigga is tossing shit. He's up in coaches' faces, yelling his mouth out. Like, but no. But when they see that, they say that's a strong leader. That's a man leading charge. It's because he is pretty. Yeah, sure. Is he? By American by American beauty standards. By American beauty standards. Oh, you don't think Tom Brady's pretty? Look, man, I hate Tom Brady's ass, and even I can admit Tom Brady's pretty. (laughs) For real, you really think that Tom Brady's pretty? No lie. Tom Brady is a handsome dude. I don't know, bro. Tom I don't Brady, know. he look, look real country to me. I mean, yeah, he does, but he has that country rugged look. Dude, this is becoming a conversation that I don't here's here's now nah, here's somebody in the uh, NFL who I think is a pretty quarterback. I think Joe Flacco. Yeah, <laughs> I think that um, I think that um, you know what? Hell yeah. Uh, what's what's a I almost said what's little miss what, what's little boy name on the uh, Seattle Seahawks? Russell, Russell Wilson. Wilson. That's an attractive young man. Yeah, Russell Wilson. I mean, dude, Russell Wilson got Ciara on his arm. He look. He's he also he he's up to something good. Anytime I see him in a suit, I'm like, thank you. Just look at how like symmetrical his face. Who are we talking about? Russell. Russell. 
Cam yeah. Newton. That's another good looking quarterback. Uh, Cam Newton looked like a yak sometimes. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know if I can give it to Cam. Cam and Jay look too much alike. And Jay ugly as hell. Jay Z? Jay Z ugly. I don't see that comparison. I've heard oh, no. it and I don't see it. I see it, man. I see it. Let's pull up some pictures. All right, wait, there's a list of the eleven hunkiest quarterbacks of the NFL. All right, let's hear it. Aaron Rodgers, fuck Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers is, no. Aaron Rodgers looks just like, you know, any dope in any American the pie movie. The first one yeah. is Tom Brady. I don't it, see it. And I don't see it either. I mean. All right, and the picture on the left. <laughs> the first okay. picture that popped up, I saw Sophie's whole demeanor change. I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> the first picture. Why are you sweating, Sophie? <laughs> I can't answer that question. I swear, as soon as it popped up, Sophie just went, no, oh. That's not oh a, that's not a good looking guy. Uh, Jimmy Garofalo. That's a good looking guy. Who is that, Russell? No, oh, I don't see it either. Uh, I'm with okay. Jaquise on Cam Newton. I'm, what? I'm, Come on, look at that chest. That's a good. That's a good strong chest. If you're having I mean, a bad day, I you want to put your head on just, that chest. I'm just not a fan, so I don't see it. He, I mean, he's not. Cap, he's not. He's not a yak. Cap, Cap. I don't think Cap looked good. I think Cap looks like he won't cheat on you. Aaron Rodgers looks like he. And maybe that's like uh, uh, that something that people are looking at. Description I've ever heard. He in my doesn't look attractive life. to me. He looks like he won't cheat on Mark you. Mark Sanchez. Mark Sanchez is he's all right. He's, he's all like right. An, he's like a not as good looking version of Kylie Ripa's husband. He looks like a Hispanic. No, hero. no, that's ridiculous. Andy Dalton. No, come on, man. that nigga look like the bully in every movie. Yeah, he, <laughs> he does. Look like Biff Tannen. He does. And normally I'm pro redhead, but in you're this pro case, redhead. You're really? redhead. I don't know. But well, not who else on this list? Who is that? Blake Bortles. Shut up. I guess I don't know. <laughs> no, that. no, I'm gonna, I'm no. gonna, I'm gonna give that that a plus one. You Jay, agree on Blake Bortles? Jay Cutler? Come on. Come on. All right. Jay that's Cutler looked like he no smokes more. We eight don't packs want of yeah. cigarettes a day. <laughs> Jay, that's His wife no is more. hot, though. I don't, listen. Now, do you think do you think that these players get, get boosted? Like, do you think Tom Brady's attractive credit went up because of who his wife is? No. That's a good beautiful. question. Can your partner make you attractive? That's I a mean, very good question. I mean, I think that's what happened with Aaron Rodgers. I think that's what happens with Olivia me. With Olivia Munn? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> with the, yeah, dude. With Did Olivia Munn. you say Mund. that's what happened with me? 100%. 100%. <laughs> yeah. You're, I mean, when you got a pretty girl on your arm or a pretty dude on your arm, whatever, like people will look and be like, all right, they look good together. Uh <laughs> They look good together. There's some I can see the yin and the yang to that yeah. to that relationship. Well, I've heard of the reverse theory, and this is of course a very sexist thing. But like I remember, like maybe I read it in the book The Game that I sadly was deeply into in high school uh, by Neil Strauss. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, pickup artist theory. Ah uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but they talked about how some girls will uh, <laughs> date down. No, no, no. Not that they date down. They hang out with a bunch of ugly girls oh, when they go thing. to the clubs. So that they look hella hot. I know. You know it? I know it. You know it, Jaquisa? Dude, I grew up in a house with women. Yeah. I I heard them talk about it. Uh, Cousins. They'd be like, yeah, let me go with my girls. I'm going to look better than all them bitches today. (laughs) I've heard those exact words. Uh, And you know what? I get it. I get it. It's whack. (laughs) so whack. What, What? Also, like... Well, it's like, what is your objective in What's going your to objective? the club? You go, ain't, you ain't gonna let nobody talk to you. I mean, you might, but you, I, but you want the option. Everyone, want the option. no one wants, no one wants to go to the party, but you want to be invited. Can you, as the guy, <laughs> that, as is the that guy, you, Sophie? That's me. <laughs> yeah, as yeah. the guy. Yeah, and you see a group of, you see a group of women. Okay, and there's the hot one. Yes, and she's with a group of people. Yes, 
maybe I don't have the balls to like go up to that chick and be like, yo, you. But I don't think many dudes have the balls to go to a group of women and specifically go to one of them and ignore the rest of the chicks. Now, what I'm going to tell you, what I'm going to tell you is the game, the book, the game. And again, it's a very trash book. I denounce it. I think it's terrible. But 15-year-old Edgar, and please, Sophie, in the show notes, release what a photo of 15-year-old Edgar looks like, read this book. And once you see this photo of me, you'll be like, I understand why this person read this book. Can I say what I think you're going to say? What? Because... Because I was going to give like a, except, and I wonder if this is what you're going to say, mm. except if you go talk to, <laughs> this is so fucked up, but this is what I'm thinking the book will say. Don't talk to the prettiest one. Go talk to the second or third one. one and then, actually, it, and says, then talk, it says talk to, it says, uh, this is literally what the book says, <laughs> talk to the ugliest one in the group <laughs> and don't pay attention to the hot one at all. Flirt with the ugliest one in the group the whole time. Make fun of the hot one. It's essentially gaslighting the person. That's what you're doing. Yeah. You're gaslighting the person. You're manipulating the person. But that's what the, that's 100% what the book, you're 100% right, Jaquise. Yeah. That's what the book says to do. I feel like we're now messing with women's self-esteem. Because now. That's, now, that's what the game now, is. That's yes, but now is. we're listening and, the, and they're like, was I the ugly one? Oh, well, that's not what yeah. we're trying that's to do. That's not what we're trying to say. But like, that's Listen, what negging is. Negging to... is the whole idea of like, you know, going up to a girl and being like, that shirt's not that cool. Like that's what it is. Yeah. It's like you're you're breaking her down so that you're the only person to bring her back together, which is fucked up. And again, I'm not endorsing any of this. We're about to I'm get just, terror on our ass. I, man. I'm not endorsing <laughs> this shit, Doug. Yo, every time we every time we say something like we know Tara coming. <laughs> well, here's probably what's so not. wild is probably not. You guys will never hear this, but we actually re-recorded this opening. And yeah. we might have re-recorded a more offensive opening. Yeah, we did. And I'm okay with leaving that in. We re-recorded something yesterday and had to come back in here <laughs> the next day. It was like, maybe we shouldn't release that. Which I'm surprised it's taken this long. <laughs> I'm surprised too. We've done that. We did that we've on done- Against the Grain. We had entire segments that we had to cut. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Which I know, pe- I, you know, the terrors of the world was like, see, if you got to cut segments... Then you must be a misogynistic asshole, and it wasn't maybe about I, misogyny. Maybe I am though. Like I mean, yeah. I, I I think I am. I definitely think I am because here's the thing: when I felt confident enough, and this is gonna be me being really honest, but when I felt confident enough, I tried using the game on girls. Mm-hmm. In fact, I'll tell y'all a story. It was senior year of high school. I am rolling balls on ecstasy. I'm at this girl's house, Gillette Rivera, still a very very good friend of mine. Uh, a very cute girl uh, that I used to talk to back in the day. Um, I'm at her house late at night because my friend, my late friend Dwayne was like, yo, let's roll up to this house mm-hmm. and like we'll eat and chill. And then she was there and I'm like talking to her, I'm talking to her, I'm spinning game and I'm doing this fortune telling thing on her hand. And I'm just like doing it. And then she goes, she pulls her hand back and went, is this from the game? And I went, what, 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 nigga, I was so, it was like a record scratch. It shook you. And she's like. Uh, You reverted back to 15-year-old Edgar. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. I got, uh, it was one of the most embarrassing. That's why we're still good friends still today. Because it was so, it was so embarrassing. Now she's like, I've read that book. And I know exactly what you've been doing this whole night. See? See, that's what, that's what, that's how dumb boys are. We think these, we think these books 
these words becoming visible to girls' eyes. Yeah, but girls know. <laughs> girls are hip to this shit. They know what the yeah. fuck you do it. And it was so wild. At the end of the night, she was just like, "You can come into my. You can come and be in my bed, but we will not sleep with each other. You will just sit here and cuddle with me." And that me, being, me being a whack ass nigga was like, "Yes, that a victory." Whack. That shit is whack. We're like, "Nah, man, I'm gonna go to the crib." Nah, I think I stayed. I stayed, bro. I with stayed. With a rock hard dick on her back. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Oh, hey, look, man. dude, we all cut been to, there. Cut to Wednesday morning. All right, guys, we're back in here. We're recording another episode. <laughs> hey, look, man. We all been there. <laughs> we all been there. We just thinking, like, damn. This night didn't go how I thought it was gonna go. <laughs> my nigga, my nigga, what's the worst? All right, tell me a time when you thought it was for. I don't know. This is kind of whack and probably bad. Fuck it. Tell me a time when you were just like, "This is for sure," and then it wasn't. And you were, and tell me how like how mad you were. I was mad. <laughs> it was a while ago. It was uh, college. Yeah. It, it was. <laughs> it was National Makeout Day. <laughs> <laughs> and I had I had a girl. And we went back to her apartment, and we were making out for, like, 10 minutes. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, by this time, I'm, like, fucking ready. The, the engine is ready. I'm ready. And then, like, I'm like, all right, we going. This girl is hot. This is our first date. This is about to happen. And, like, I started taking off the shirt. You know, start moving my way down. And she stops me. It was like, we're going a little too fast. I was like, okay, all right. I was like, yeah, I respected that. Mm-hmm. And went back to kissing, and we kissed for like, <laughs> we kissed for like thirty more minutes, and then as soon as she stopped me, I had to immediately fart. <laughs> so I was holding this fart in, like so. Not only was this fart this in is my not stomach, where I thought this story was <laughs> this story is wild. Not only was this fart in my stomach, at this point I've had a rock hard dick for forty minutes, and then we finally finished, and I'm just laying there like I can't fart, I can't come. Like this. <laughs> this is the worst fucking night oh, I've ever man. had. And I was mad, dude. <laughs> I was mad. Oh, Look, I know it's probably trash and I was mad. I respected it. it. I didn't it, I didn't push it. It is trash. And it, it is trash. And it's not your well, I don't want to say it's not your fault that it's trash, but it doesn't start with you where it's trash. Mm-hmm. What starts with you is that what it where it starts is that we are told that not closing the deal. Is an it's attack on our masculinity, one hundred percent, and that's where it starts. And it's not. That's and that's not. It's one hundred percent now. I mean, I yeah. know that now. Yeah. But eighteen, nineteen, twenty-year-old Edgar didn't know that. Yeah, I was twenty at yeah. the time, nineteen or twenty. Uh, so yeah, dude. Look, we recognize uh, people grow. I've grown past that moment, and not closing the deal is fine, man. Yeah. Like it's it's up to the other person if they want to. Uh, Even that language of like closing the deal consent. is like, yeah, exactly. It, Enthusiastically consent because you're not winning anything. It's not a competition, yeah. dog. It's like, uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't even know what to say. It's it not a competition. I mean, don't look. It's an man. agreement. Let's be real though. Let's be real. It's not a competition at all. Like, don't get me wrong. Nobody likes to have a hard dick for forty minutes. <laughs> like, that's not something that people like. But <laughs> Sophie's like. Hey, but sometimes when you're an older man, you happy to have it for 40 minutes. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> At the that's age of that's hims. exactly com. where my brain went. I hims. went, I went, I'm like, I don't know if you would have agreed with that when he was alive. I mean, you know, at age 20, it's like, man, it's, you know, you know what I mean. I know what you mean. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Uh, <laughs> it's, 
Yeah. At age 20, you could hold the boner in a non-sexual way for an hour and 20 minutes. Yeah. And like, you could be in lecture hall the whole time being like, why is my dick, why won't my dick go soft? I hated that. I'm I'm not trying to, I'm, we're talking about the most boring topic right now. <laughs> and I'm hard in class, and then you wait for everybody to leave lecture hall, and you just sit in there in your chair. Hey, you're yeah. like, hey, are you coming? You coming? Oh, nah, dog, I'm. I'll hey, be right man. there. I'll see y'all at the calf. <laughs> if if women only knew how many dicks got tucked behind the belt buckles of our jeans. Bro, what's your move? What's your move? This is my move. I was go. <coughs> yeah. No, just do a little. You got to Yeah. yeah. Just do a move up. I do a little, little cut. I do a little dance. <laughs> Sophie covers her eyes. Uh, we're on a mission to make this even more fucking offensive than we did. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh man! Listen, Culture Kings, Jackie's Neil. <laughs> I'm Edgar over here. We got Shay Serrano on the pod today, y'all. Uh, Shay Serrano is a dope ass dude. New York Times bestselling author uh, with his book Basketball and Other Things and the Rap Yearbook. Two and times, two times, dude. Uh, he also got praised by Barack Obama, President Barack Obama. Uh, he's a dope-ass dude. We're going to give him a call. He's going to chat with your kings for a sec. So uh, looking forward to that. Oh, man. Day two. <laughs> I think we've already revealed. We've already revealed. That this call has already happened, and we've had to come back in and record. <laughs> uh, but whatever. You're about to hear a call we made yesterday when we recorded a linear fucking episode. But or we- depending on... How we wrap up this intro. <laughs> right. That we <laughs> did two days two ago. Two days ago. <laughs> uh, we got it here before 6 a.m. before our episode released for the day. That's what time our episode releases. Mm-hmm. I know. I know. I'm on it. Uh, it's time to go to break so we can get to Shay. So let's do that, guys. We'll be back with Shay Serrano right after the break. All right, all right, we are back. And on the other line, we got my man, Shay Serrano. What's up, Shay? What up, sirs? How you doing, man? Thanks for doing this. Thanks for rolling through and talking to us on the pod today. Yeah, no sweat, no sweat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you don't know who Shay Serrano is, uh, first of all, first thing you should do, go follow this man on Twitter. This man is popping on Twitter, actually responding to fans, which is something that I think is pretty dope. It's pretty fucking dope. Yeah, dude, it's so dope. Also, he's an author, he's a journalist with The Ringer, he has two books on the New York Times best-selling list, The Rap Yearbook, which was a pretty dope book, that was my introduction to you, and uh, your current book, Basketball and Other Things, which was a book that was praised by President Obama, which is pretty dope, dude. How was that, man? How was that getting that praise from Obama? <laughs> it was it was pretty good, I would say. I yeah. was uh Yeah, like that's a thing you don't expect to happen. Mm-hmm. That's the thing that you know as soon as it does happen, like you just are going to get to carry that around forever, you know? Yeah, dude. Yeah, I like I met Obama briefly in 2004 when he was uh, like he had just become the Senate and he like shook my hand and I'm carrying that around for the rest of my life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's got that sort of, uh, that sort of gravity to him. We got to meet him, um, right before he left office, we got to go to the white house and, and meet him. And it was like, 
this is fucking nuts. It's just yeah. like he just sort of glows. It's, it's weird. Now, how often do you use that, Shay? Like, you know, like when you go into like the bar and you don't have your ID, do you ever just be like, but yo, check this. Obama liked my book and then they just let you in, whatever. Like, you know what I mean? Like, do you ever use that? <laughs> yeah, I use it every single day. It doesn't matter what I'm doing. I just work it. Yeah. In you just work it in. Yo, can I get a uh, double cheeseburger? That's four dollars. Hey man, Obama liked my book. All right, you're right. That's one dollar now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, Shay. Here's how I know you. Uh, you've tweeted back and forth with my friend Talia Caldwell. I don't know if you remember her. Yeah, the basketball player. That's right. And Shay, some of the things that you've tweeted have personally hurt me, Shay. And I want. <laughs> I've always wanted to discuss this with you. Why do you hate Kevin Durant and the Warriors so much? Let's just get into that right now. Okay. Um, first of all, I don't hate them at all. I'm a big fan of the Warriors. I'm a big fan of Kevin Durant. Mm-hmm. I think I think it's it's not that hard to say Kevin Durant is the second best basketball player on the planet. No, not the, at all. And the Warriors are the best basketball team on the planet. Like you can say that, and you can also say, but I would really, it would be really cool to see him lose. Like, you know, <laughs> I, don't, yeah. I don't know if you can count that as hate. I think it's envy. You know, you you look at a team that's doing what they're doing. Everybody who's not part of the Warriors fan base looks at them and wants exactly that. It it doesn't matter what anybody tells you. Mm -hmm. That's exactly what they want to happen Mm. with their team. I'm part of that group. I want for my beloved Spurs to be that, to be what the Warriors are. So I'm like, you know, I want to see y'all fall just because it would be really funny. Mm. Yeah, dude. I look. I I'm a Chicago dude. I'm, I grew up a Bulls fan. Uh, so whenever anybody comes to me with like, "Oh man, why are you not loving LeBron?" I'm like, "Look, man. I can fully admit that LeBron is probably the best player of all time. I'm biased, so I still say it's Jordan, but he's at least right there. Uh, but I can't root for LeBron. The dude has kicked my team's ass too many times in the playoffs for me to say, yeah." I'm going to root for that man. And I think it's the same thing. It's not hate. You just want what he has. And the fact that they keep beating you for it mm. makes you not want to root for them, I think. Uh, would you yeah. agree with that? Yeah. Yeah. It's the same thing that happens with with Kobe and the Spurs. Like People ask me all the time, why didn't I put Kobe on the cover of the book? Or why didn't I do this about Kobe, that about Kobe? And it's because... Because uh, he just kicked the shit out of the Spurs, it felt like. So why would I? Why would I do that? Why That's would fair. I, That's fair. Yeah, yeah, I get that. So you are you from Texas? Were you born and raised in Texas? Yeah, I'm from San Antonio. Actually, I live in uh, Houston now. I was born in San Antonio. Okay, I went to high school in McAllen, Texas. Are you familiar with that area at all? Are you are you familiar with the RGV? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every Mexican is familiar with the valley. All right, I just <laughs> want to make sure, bro. I just want to make sure. <laughs> um, yeah, man. So, yeah, what was it like growing up as a Spurs fan? Because, I mean, you were probably, like, you know, really into them when they were popping in the 90s and stuff like that. So what was that like as a fan of basketball? Uh, it's the same thing you're feeling now with the Warriors. Mm-hmm. You get to – you just get to walk around feeling like a, like a champion. Like, And, of course, you don't have anything to do with the success of the Warriors, same as I don't with the success of the Spurs. But because that's the team that I've chosen mm-hmm. – I get to act like I do, so it's just, it's just cool to to be like, 
you're big brother right now. It's cool to be big brother, you know? Yeah, yeah 100%. 100%. Do you feel like the Warriors have ruined basketball, though? Like, that's the thing that I'm responding to on Twitter that I don't really like is these dudes, mostly LeBron heads, who are tweeting and saying things like, well, they're ruining basketball. They've made basketball not fun. No, that's. I think that's the dumbest thing in the world. Yeah. I think that's dumb for a number of reasons. Number one, it's dumb because you need that team in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Every era has a team that was kicking the shit out of everybody. Yeah. yeah. You, you know, you had it with the Celtics. You had it with the with Magic's Lakers. You had it with Jordan and the Bulls. You had it with the Kobe and Shaq Lakers, the Tim Duncan Spurs. Like, every every era has that team. This is the team for, for right now. Mm. Uh, it's also like they're also a very extremely appropriate right now basketball villain. Just the way that they sort of come together, the all the advantages that they took of all of, of like the free agency market, the collective bargaining agreement. Like they they did everything exactly right to become a perfect sort of villain, mm. right? So no, you you can't say that they ruined the NBA. That's yeah, that's dumb. Yeah, that's... Um, yeah it's like okay, so let's say Kevin Durant didn't go to the Warriors. What does that? What does that mean? That there was one other team that w- that that could lose to the Warriors? Like yeah, the Thunder. Right. The, I, I don't understand why people say that the Thunder were like some great dynasty. Like they literally never won a thing. Never. They didn't win a thing. That's they went true. to one, one finals together and won one game in the finals, mm-hmm. and that's it. Yeah. So that's stupid. I mean, I think the pain that people are feeling is that you look at that Warriors roster, and depending on how it goes uh, uh, at the NBA Awards later this month, they had three MVPs on that team, potentially, if James Harden wins, which it's looking very likely that he will. I don't think he should. The Thunder, Thunder, yeah, the old Thunder team had three MVPs. So I think that's what people are kind of looking at and being like, oh, why didn't you, like, try to make that work? But I, I agree with you. They never did anything. They never won, like... It was. It didn't seem like Kevin Durant was happy there, so it makes sense that he left. Yeah, it, Kevin yeah. Durant wasn't happy there. Also, Harden. I mean, it's it's easy to say, man. You had three potential MVPs. I don't think anybody when Harden was coming off the bench as a six man, he was great, and people was like, oh yeah, he's gonna be a starter. He'll be an all star. I don't think anybody saw Harden being. No, uh, def- definitely. Uh, not. Yeah, being what he is he's now, the perfect six man. Yeah, he's got to come in and get some buckets. And then you take him out when you know when the temperature got a little too hot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And even Westbrook. I mean, even what people knew Westbrook was dope, but yeah, Westbrook. I think saying I think saying that the Warriors ruined the NBA is just like that's just a thing that you do right now if you don't if you don't root for the Warriors. Mm. You always find a way to discredit what the other what the team that's winning did. We yeah. saw the same thing when LeBron won his like he finally won his first title in Miami, and then everybody was like, oh, but it was a shortened season, right? Like that matters at all you know yeah. or even what people, you do to the other team yeah or even people like uh, you know people still saying stuff like well Kyrie, Kyrie won you that title or if it wasn't for Ray yeah. Allen you wouldn't won that nah man get his man his props man get it look if you go back to past 25 years in basketball there's literally only about six names you can link all the NBA titles to uh yeah. Jordan Duncan Kobe Shaq LeBron I guess now Durant or maybe Curry. You can do Durant or Curry for the Warriors. But, yeah, I mean, this is basketball. The Basketball doesn't have the parity that football probably has. And even football doesn't have parity like people want. You get teams and they dominate eras, and that is what basketball is. So I'm yeah. not – yeah, I don't get the whole ruin in basketball. Parity, parity to me is stupid. Mm. Yeah. Nope. You know, I don't – I want – 
I want to sit down and watch a movie and know who the bad guy is. Mm. <laughs> right. Yeah, dude. It just makes everything it just makes everything better. Also, I always thought it was super funny how the so the Warriors lost mm-hmm. in 2016 to to LeBron yeah. and the and the Cavs. And then so they go out and they get Durant. And before the finals started, people were like it doesn't matter. LeBron is better than Durant. Kyrie Irving is better than Steph Curry. Kevin Love is better than Draymond Green. Mm-hmm. Like that's that was the conversation going into the finals, and then they got the shit kicked out of them. And now you want to change it and be like, oh, well, actually, this is not fair. Like, yeah. You don't get to. It's just dumb. 100%. I mean, don't get me, I still want to see the Warriors lose. I really, really want to see them lose. I hope they lose every day. But <laughs> it's stupid to say they ruined the NBA. Yeah. So I really like this whole like villain narrative thing that you got going on. Like, I really like that title. I mean, I've always liked rooting for the bad guys in movies. Who do you think is that hero or who do you think are potential heroes to finally take down the big bad warriors? That part is a little trickier because it depends on what happens this this offseason. I think as constituted now, none of the teams can beat the Warriors. Mm -hmm. Um the Rockets should have beaten the Warriors, but they didn't. So it's hard for me to say that they that they'll be the ones to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. Depends on where LeBron goes. That sort of changes everything. It also depends on what everybody looks like next next season. Next season. I, I just want to see anybody. I really, really wanted them to lose to the Rockets. That was going to be so ex- extremely perfect for me, but it just I mean, didn't happen. That was tough, man. Oh for twenty seven. Uh, that it was yeah, a tough they, they way to watch it. a team lose. <laughs> that was especially. You know what with- I wish, I wish I could ask the the Rockets players. Okay, so you're up three two in the series, but there's no Chris Paul. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder if they would choose. They had a 17 point lead in the first quarter of Game Six. The Rockets did over the Warriors. Mm-hmm. I wonder if they would trade that 17 point lead to have Chris Paul for the whole game. Like if you had to decide between those two, would you rather start out the game with a 17 point lead but no Chris Paul? Yeah. Or you start out the game normal, 0-0, but you have Chris Paul. Like I wonder which one of those they would have chosen. Because That's part a, of me feels like they would have taken that 15-point lead. I say Chris Paul, man. Look, if this is any other team, any other team, yeah, spot me 17. But when you get a team who can literally wipe away a 17-point lead in, in minutes. about three minutes. Yeah. Uh, and you're a shooting team. That's the, That's the thing. Houston is a shooting team. So if your shot goes cold, the Warriors just have too much to overcome that, where you get a Chris Paul who you know is going to calm stuff down, and it brings the toughness. I, like the whole Cleveland series, everybody kept saying LeBron has no help, and yeah, his teammates were whack. But to me, that series was not an offensive series. Uh, you're going to win that series on the right. defensive end of the basketball. Uh, so that's what Chris Paul brings to your team. He brings that toughness. He brings somebody to calm you down. He brings somebody that says, look, we're over 27 from three right now. How about we just drive the ball to the hoop? Uh, so, But why couldn't he do that from the bench? Uh, I, that's what I, I'm, I'm misunderstanding is, like, what is that? Because what you're describing isn't points. It isn't, like, things happening on the court. It sounds right. like an attitude adjustment. He was sitting there on that bench. Right. Like, why can't he do that from the bench? Because it's a difference between being You on need the bench somebody to stand floor. behind. True, yeah. true. You need, a, you need a leader in the fight. Mm. That's what you need. You can't just have a guy say, oh, just be tough when you're in this fist fight. Like, yeah. you need that guy standing next to you. Swinging as well. Being tough so you can go, okay. Okay. Yeah, here we go. I think yeah. 
that's what it is. But I, I disagree with the whole let's just drive in, we're missing shots. Mm-hmm. That's what the Rockets do. They shoot 53s in a game. Yeah. So there's, you know, I don't think you can just change everything. You can't but change. I don't know. They you, blew it. it was you, a, I was a Rockets fan for like three days before they broke my heart. Yeah, dude. They broke, they broke a lot of people's hearts, man. Uh, all right, so the finals are over. NBA season is over. I think NBA offseason is probably the best offseason in sports. Uh has been for the past couple years. Uh, let's talk about LeBron and his free agency, man. Do you think that was the last? I know people want to know. Uh, we, we're not LeBron lovers on this podcast. We're not LeBron haters. We're not LeBron lovers. Do you think he stays in Cleveland or you think he's going away? No, I think he's gone. I think he's gone? I think there's been too much. Like, there's, it's just a confluence of too many things for him to stay in Cleveland. Number one, the team is terrible and they're not going to get better. Yeah. Uh, number two, he has grown more and more popular or powerful in, like, in Hollywood. Mm. Um, so they, you know, you see those clips of him or pictures of him like touring high schools in LA. It just seems to me like that's where he's going to go because that's where he's going to f- live the rest of his life. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So go on and get planted in there now. So you think it's, uh, you think it's uh, Lakers or Clippers? Yeah, I think it's the Lakers. Uh, if I had to pick a team, I mean, they, I don't think he knows right now, so there's no way anybody else can know. Right. But if I was just blindly picking a team, sure, I'll say the Lakers. Now, do you think that that's a move, like you said, because he thinks he can win championships there? Or is this like LeBron being like, you know what, I'm towards the end of my career. Maybe it's time to hop into acting and more executive producing, which he's already been doing. Like, Is that kind of the move there, being like, this is where I'm going to end my life? Or does he think that he has a legitimate championship uh, uh, try in Los Angeles? I think, I think he again. This is all just speculation, but absolutely. Right. If I were him, I would say, okay. Every, anywhere I go, we're going to become title contenders. Number one. Mm-hmm. Number two. If I go to LA, there's probably a pretty good chance I can get somebody else to come with me, and then now we'll become a, like a serious contender. Mm-hmm. So that's what that's that's a guess. That's all. This is all. This is all dumb. What we're talking about now. We're just sort of wasting each we're other's just, time. Yeah. But it's fun to think yeah. about. Yeah, it's, it's, a fun very... it's fun to think. I mean, that's the thing. I don't go into the baseball season thinking, all right, man, let's see where uh, Chris Bryant might be going this year. Uh, don't do that with football. But basketball, man, it's the drama of the sport that I think makes it a super fun mm-hmm. thing to follow for sure. Uh, I think um, I think would be what would be neat, if I were LeBron, I would try to do like, I think the pettiest thing possible would be for him to go to Oklahoma City <laughs> and win a championship. <laughs> like, you go... Kevin Durant is chasing you. Everybody knows he's chasing you. Yeah. If you go to where he couldn't win and you win, then that would just be fucking fantastic. I Dude. mean, but you're also like, you don't think that LeBron James would choke the shit out of Russell Westbrook with <laughs> Russell Westbrook doing all the ridiculous shit that he does in a game? Like, have you, like, I, I watch Russell Westbrook turnover highlights all day long because it's just like fascinating to watch. I, I don't know. I think he's a very dominant player. I think he's a very aggressive player. But sometimes his basketball IQ to me seems wild. Like, it's just like, what were you thinking on that pass? Or what did you think you were doing driving on four dudes? You don't think that kind of player would frustrate the shit out of LeBron James? I mean, he broke his hand because of J.R. Smith. I think LeBron has enough gravity Mm -hmm. that he he can sort of center what Russell Westbrook is doing. Mm. It would be like, this is a very, a very, like, 
nonlinear example or, or like just a tangential example, but it would be like when Steven Jackson went to the Spurs yeah, and pop just sort of turned him into a champion for at least that one season. Anyway, yeah, he was yeah. doing all of the things right. I think if you got LeBron next to Russ, LeBron seems like a guy that Russ would listen to. And also a guy who wouldn't sort of back down. You always got that vibe from, Kevin Durant, that if Russ raised his voice, Kevin was like, okay, we'll do what you want, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, we know that because of that's how he reacts with Draymond Green. Like, you know, like, he's one of the best players in the world, that he lets somebody like Draymond Green blow up in his face. But, yeah, 100%. I think you're 100% right about that. And LeBron James has the resume to prove that. Like, he turned J.R. Smith from a crazy, crazy dude on the New York Knicks to a, a champion. Like, and it's, it's proven that LeBron James can do that. I like that Steven Jackson example. That's I a very re- good example. I really love Draymond with Kevin Durant. I think the Warriors were a perfect team for Kevin Durant to go to, mm. where he can just exist as this almost like relief pitcher, just come yeah. in and kill everybody, and you, you don't have to worry about any of the other stuff because any of the arguing or fighting on the court, Draymond's going to handle that. Yeah. Any of the like, you know, off-court stuff is is going to be focused on on Curry, any of the silly stuff is going to go to Clay, and and Kevin just gets to be a killer there, which is sort of the role he was built to be. I think yeah, yeah. he's an assassin. He's an assassin for hire. He's definitely <laughs> assassin. I love it, dude. I I yeah. I think that next season will be fun. I don't think the Warriors are going to go into next season. They're going to be the favorites. It's going to be tough to beat them. We'll see what the off season shakes down. But uh, I think it's going to be an even harder season for the Warriors. I, I liken this to, you know, that last we're dominant hurrah. And then, all right, now teams have starting to catch up a little bit. I, you know, people probably don't agree with that, but I think you're going to see a Warriors team mm-hmm. next year that's still going to be very good, probably still favored. But I wouldn't be surprised if they got knocked off. Okay, I got another hypothetical question for you. Again, like, you know, these are all things that were kind of just like – freeballing and guessing but what do you think that drama that david west was talking about was like what do you what 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 what, what would your guess be for it what was it what did he say i missed that uh so like david west said you guys have no idea what we went through like we had some shit this year that went down and it speaks to the level of professionalism on this team that it didn't oh, get out but i think he was drunk on champagne when yeah. he said that <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think i'm i'm sure that's all that it was you start getting a couple of drinks in you, and they maybe had like there was maybe an argument at a dinner in February or some shit like that, mm-hmm. and that thing. And then and then you get to drink, and then you remember it as this gigantic fight. Yeah, you know what I'm saying that's yeah. probably what it was. Yeah, yeah, that's funny, man. Uh, so you got first of all, congrats on uh, 100K on a new book, basketball and other things. Uh, that's dope as hell. Also a New York Times bestseller. Uh, let's transition. I want to talk about the book that I first got introduced to you by, uh, the rap yearbook, uh, which look, I'm, I'm, I'm not a big reader. I'll tell all my <laughs> what fans What a thing that. to admit. Well, look, I'm not a big reader. So when I go, so my girl, my girlfriend dragged me into a bookstore and she's going through books and I'm like, all right. And then I got drawn to your book just honestly, because like, oh, this looks dope. And then the illustrations and then everything. So you judge the book by its cover. Hell yeah. Uh, and I judged by his cover, but look, I opened it up and I thought it was dope as hell. So I went through and I got my birth year's rap song, which was 1986, Six in the Morning by Ice-T, Edgar's year, 
uh, rap yearbook song, which was Mind Playing Tricks on Me by the Ghetto Boys. But I want to talk about 2001. For the past two episodes, we've been having this argument about the takeover versus Ether. And that was your 2001 rap yearbook. Uh, two tracks. That was the two tracks that define the year. Simply, who do you think won that battle between Jay-Z and, and Nas? I think you have to say Jay. Ah, my man. <laughs> my man. <laughs> Tell us why. Tell us why. We got we got people coming at us like, how can y'all say Jay? People have been people, lighting us up on people Twitter. People have been lighting us Jay. up. We both said J too. We both said J too. Look, Ether is great. Obviously, it's a great diss song, but you can't say anybody won that. But Jay, why? Why do you say that? Well, I would, I would just base my argument in how life turned out for both of those guys. <laughs> yeah, dude. It was, it was such a. It felt like such a dead even draw when those songs came out. Mm. Um, that. You got you got to look at something else besides the actual songs to see who how they won or who won. Mm-hmm. So that's what I really base my argument on. Like one guy ended up married to Beyonce, and the other guy <laughs> ended up working working for the guy who married Beyonce. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> There's your uh, almost like a checkmate. Uh, yeah, dude, Ether. So we had somebody uh, hit us up and say, all right, the reason why Ether won and it still wins to this day is because Jay was taking veiled shots. He was taking shots that could be a pop song or not necessarily calling Nas out uh, by name as much as Ether starting with fuck Jay-Z and then just going for barb after barb after barb at Jay personally. Uh, I don't know if I disagree with that, but my take on it is... All right, but I'll rather listen to Takeover over and over and over than Ether. And every time I'm listening to Takeover, I'm reminded that this nigga is talking about Nas and he is jumping in Nas throughout this entire track with some pretty dope lyrical uh shit. So, that's my take on it. It lives longer than Ether did, even though Ether was a hot track when it came out. I also think the other argument that people have been giving is that Ether has now become the standard of a diss track, right? Like, now we use it as a verb, and, like, people are like, well, is it an ether? Like, that's become, like, the judgment standard for a diss track. Yeah, that's fair. When you when you become a part of the lexicon, you did a pretty good job. What's the best line on the ether, on the ether song, though? Don't remember. <laughs> Fuck Jay-Z. <laughs> or, no, no, no. Uh... Even though I didn't agree, is it him? He, is it him calling, calling Jay Z ugly or like? Uh, didn't he call him a Tybo ho? In yeah. That, yeah, in that one, he called him a Tybo. Yeah, ho. see, it's probably that one. But but I think if you pick one line out of those two songs that has just sort of grown into legendary status, uh-huh. I think it's that one. You got the one hot you know album in every ten years. Like and that's, that's a crazy so... line that he built his way up to. I think yeah. that that. That that right there would probably tip it fifty-one to forty-nine in Jay's favor. If you're not if you're not counting anything else, yeah, that's how close that that was. Although if, I mean, if you're arguing Ether was better, like okay, sure, you can win that one too. It's just that that's how great those two guys were in that moment. How perfectly matched they were to be battling each other because it wasn't like a Drake Meek Mill or a Drake Pusher situation. Both of these guys were sort of risking their career going after the other one you know yeah. um they were both like sort of eye to eye it felt like at that time they nas had already put out his masterpiece 
Jay-Z was building toward, uh, he put out his and was sort of building up from there. Like, yeah. they were as evenly matched as any rap duo or any rap rivalry since, like, yeah, that was very much a Tupac and Biggie situation. Sure, yeah. So, it was incredible. So now, jumping time into the current rap beef that we have going on, or I guess now ended rap beef between Pusha T and Drake, do you think that Drake should have released that song, or do you think he was wise to listen to Jay Prince's advice of not releasing it? You don't, you don't go against Jay Prince, man. There's no second song. There's you don't no, think that song exists? You think like it's all bullshit? 100%. Mm. That, when, when Jay Prince went on that interview to talk about he has another song, but it's now we're getting into stuff that's, that's like affecting livelihoods and not rap, that wasn't Jay Prince saying, we have another song where he has some dirt on you. That was Jay Prince saying... If you do anything else in this battle, we're fucking coming to your house. That's what Jay, Jay Prince was saying right there. <laughs> God damn. That's how, Jay Prince, that's how Jay Prince moves. That's how he talks. Like That's the way he exists in Houston. If you do a thing against what Jay Prince wants you to do, he's coming to your house. Mm. He's coming to where you are to look in your eyes. That's what he was telling everybody in that moment. He wasn't saying Drake has another great song. That's really, really mean. That's not. That's not how Jay Prince moves. That's not what he does. That's not how he. Ends. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, dude. I love that, man. I love that. And look, Jay Jay Prince is definitely known as an OG, man. So he talks, and people in the hip hop yeah. community listen for sure, man. So then, what are your thoughts he's on one, this? He's the one. You can't say. I'll never make a joke about Jay Prince ever. Mm -hmm. Not even on Twitter. Because he because he just has that that reputation about him. He will. It doesn't matter who you are. He's showing up, mm. and I don't want to mess with that at all. Yeah, dude. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, all right, man. We only got you for a few more minutes, but it's something I definitely you know because we we're a podcast. We got a lot of people of color who listen to our podcast. Uh, they come for uh, they come to us when they have questions about the culture and stuff like that. And I always tell people, look, I'll give you my opinion. Uh, this is our thought, but one person doesn't represent the culture. One person can't answer something for an entire mob of people. Uh, but you, as a person of color who's succeeding, you got two books on the New York Times uh, bestseller list. Uh, I don't know if this is okay to talk about, and if it's not, we can cut it out. But you also had a pilot in the works about your life, which I think is pretty dope. Uh, you went from somebody who was doing something dope as hell, teaching young minds, and saying, you know what, I'm going to transition from this. And I'm going to kind of follow my dream and do some stuff to kind of support my family, but do it in a way of that I like to do it. Uh, what's some advice you can give some people out there who are also kind of navigating in this current climate of shit where they feel like their voices don't matter, uh, but they got something that they want to say. They got something they want to do. Uh, what's some advice that you can give to people like that? Uh, there's a lot of advice you can give to to somebody like that. First, I would say that their voices do matter. Mm -hmm. They've never mattered more than to right now. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Uh, that needs to be that needs to be out there. Also, people are looking for those voices. They're looking for a podcast hosted by you two guys, or they're looking for a you know a, a website that has a writer who's a Mexican, or they're looking for whatever. Like those things need to exist. They need to be out there. So. It's easy to feel overlooked or overwhelmed, but that's just part of the process. Mm -hmm. You know, everybody sort of gets kicked in the teeth a thousand times in the beginning. 
And then when you get to the end, you're like left with whoever was the person who wanted to keep walking through that over and over again. So I think the only advice you really need is to just keep keep going. That's all you need to do. If you do that, like just think on it like if we use an analogy here or a metaphor, just think on it like if you've got to walk from wherever, from Houston to San Antonio. That's 180-something miles. That's a long walk, my man. Right? <laughs> That's a long that's a long walk. That's like an impossible walk, but if you just keep fucking walking, eventually you're going to get there. Mm-hmm. And that's all that it is in this if you're trying to make a living in like a creative space, it takes a long time. People hit me up all the time like, "Yo, I want to work for a place like The Ringer where they let you write about the stuff that you write about." And I'm like, "Well, no shit. That's like the top level." Mm-hmm. When you get to write about stuff that you care about, that's that's as good as it gets like but you're skipping over the six or seven years i spent not doing that right. like working toward that direction i'm saying like that's a long time to walk before you get to where you want to be um and it would have been really easy to quit a lot of people did quit along the way but if you just don't quit eventually you will get to where it is you want to go i love that man keep walking keep walking for sure and then also man you you kind of operate on a a shoot your shot uh, type mindset, which you know, I think that's something that people need to hear, man. Shoot your shot. If you you can't hit the shot if you don't shoot it, uh, and that's something I love that you kind of that you kind of portray on Twitter with people. Say, reach out to me, man. I'll reach out. I'll, I'll hit you back. Or do your thing, man. You gotta shoot your shot first, and that's that's super important for people to hear and also see somebody doing. Yeah, you. Uh, oh, I think like every single thing that I've done that ended up cool was something that I had never tried before at all. Like whatever, I'd never written a book before or I'd never tried to sell a TV show before or I'd mm-hmm. never done this or done that. Like you just try to do shit and if it works, cool. And if it doesn't, then like try another thing and eventually get there. I do want to point out though that people say that all the time about, oh, you left teaching to follow your dream and blah, 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 blah. This is not like my dream job. I, my dream job was to be a teacher it just turned out you like a lot less money doing that than doing this. So that's why I had to leave. If I, if if all things were equal, if I could make the same amount of money teaching that I do writing, then I would be back in that classroom yeah. this fall. You know what I'm saying? Well, it definitely it's feels not like a, it's not. Like, yeah, it definitely feels like you're still a teacher in a way. Like you know what I mean? Like you're still encouraging young minds. I've watched on your Twitter, like how you respond to people, like Jaquie said, and like. I think in a way you still are a teacher, especially for young writers of color who like, you know, are being like, yo, let's look at this dude who, you know, uh, I mean, you go back 10, 15 years, there wasn't that many writers of color really killing it. So to see someone like you, I think you're definitely still a teacher and an inspiration for sure. But to, uh, I wanted to ask you one last question. This is a question that, like, you know, I saved for last because um, it's very, very important. It's very, very serious. I ask all my Texas guests this question. Uh, what is better, Whataburger or In-N-Out? Ugh, Whataburger for sure. Thank you, my dog. Uh, Thank you. So bad. Thank you, my dog. Uh, come on, man. Come on, Shay. Come on, Shay. <laughs> it's bad. I mean, it's not like a bad, bad, but compared to Whataburger, it's not even. The burgers are tiny. The fries are gross. <laughs> I like in in Texas, you need a burger as big as the plate. That's Thank what you. you need. Thank you, and, man. And. Yeah, it just don't work. And I, I went to In-N-Out the last time I was in LA, and someone was like, "Oh, get the animal 
whatever. <laughs> and it was just gross. It was like this is not this is not how it should taste. It's like salad dressing or something. Hey man, look, you gotta get that burger plain. Don't get that sauce, man. Don't nobody want no sauce. Get it plain. Don't get the fries. Go to In N Out, get you your burger. Go to a McDonald's on the way, get you some McDonald's fries. Marry those two things together, you got you a perfect meal. See, that's how you know that what a burger is better. You don't have to- yeah, you don't need instructions on how to eat it good. It's just good when you get it. Yeah. Hey, look, man. I, Everything I on the Whataburger menu is a home run. Every Absolutely. single thing. Absolutely. I do like I do like the uh, the honey the honey chicken biscuits. Oh, so those good. things are dope. Those are good, man. Yeah. As somebody See? who doesn't have a dog in a fight. I, I said this. I put them one A and one B. They both are That's good. That's ridiculous. They both are good. They they're both better than five guys. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Well, I'll give, you, I'll give you that. Five guys is trash. Dude, Shay, uh, this was so dope, man. I look, man. This is the second time somebody has on Twitter say, "Hey, man, I would love to see, you know, this podcast talk to this person. Let's let's make this happen." And it actually happened, man. Uh, people got a voice, and we, we try to make shit happen. So thank you so much, Shay, for actually doing this, man. I know right. you're busy. Uh, so this was dope, man. We appreciate it, man. All right. Um, I'll talk to you all later. Tell Talia I said what's up, and to finish her book that she's been working on for three years. Oh. <laughs> I'll tell her for sure. I'll, I'll text her right now and let her know. Go follow Shay Serrano on Twitter. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. All right, well, later. All right, man. That was dope as hell, man. That was truly a dream come true. I love it, man. Shea Serrano, for, I mean, look, man, he, he's obviously a big deal. Uh, he's a journalist. He's an author. He's uh, done shit for Grandland. He's done shit for The Ringer. Uh, has his own books. Uh, you know, for him to actually take the time at his crib, in the middle of today, he just announced a pre-order for his new book, Conference Room, Five Minutes, Ten Illustrated Essays About the Office, uh, dude is a busy man, and he took thirty plus minutes out of his day to to shoot the shit, uh, with your culture king. So make sure to go check him out, man. At Shea Serrano on Twitter, uh, he might even respond to you, man. Uh, tell him that you love the episode. Uh, go buy his books, the Rap Yearbook, and Basketball and other things. Uh, two dope ass books. Check him out, man. He uh. He's out here doing big things, man. Shea Serrano, that's a name you're going to hear for a long time, I, I, I bet you. Before we go into the last portion of the podcast, there was an audio issue with Edgar's mic, so what you're going to hear will sound a little less quality than it normally does sound, but trust me, it is all good. So this is your warning. There was a little bit of a mic issue, but I think it's all good. Enjoy the rest of the episode, guys. All right, after the break. All right. Serious question time. I'm ready. I'm ready for it. What is it? Jaquise? Yes. I was spending my weekend being a good, good man. Mm-hmm. I spent time with my girlfriend. Mm-hmm. I shot a web series. Mm-hmm. I went to the movies with a friend. Mm-hmm. And at one point, I had a question. Mm-hmm. I was being funny with Anna, and I was like, I tripped I pretended to trip, and then I pretended to fall into what I will politely call her bosom. Okay. And I said, that would be very, very funny in the 90s. 
Like, if that was, like, in a scene for a movie in the 90s. If I was like, uh, uh, and then I fell into her boobs. Mm -hmm. And then she would get up and be like, excuse me, sir. And then she would slap me. And then I'd spin around and I'd knock into a table of drinks. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then I'd hit a waiter. And then I'll say, I'm sorry, but I'll take another one of those when you have a minute. Mm -hmm. That would be very funny in the 90s. And then you guys would eventually date. Yeah, I would date her eventually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's how the movie would end. Do you think comedy has gotten smarter? Or is that set piece I just described to you, which I promise you is in at least 10 different movies in the 90s, yeah. mostly starring Jim Carrey, <laughs> is ridiculously funny and we just lost our sense of humor? Um, I, don't think it's a, I don't think it's a matter of we lost our sense of humor. I do think it's a matter of... Because we don't have as much physical gags. We don't have physical gags. I mean, look, you can even go back as far as... Not to go far away from your question, I'll come back to it real quick. But you can even go back as far as, like, the Three Stooges and how slapstick like that is not really considered that funny anymore <laughs> until you see it. Uh, until you see it. But nobody is out there making slapstick comedy in that way. Uh, I don't think we have a lost sense of humor i do think we've just gotten smarter with comedy and i don't even want to say that i, I hesitate to say that because i don't want to say that's dumb comedy no i don't know I, I think we go in waves with comedy a good physical gag is great to me like a, a yeah. solid and especially like when i see like you know you and i we perform comedy yeah. nightly uh also shout out to mackie smith who came and saw both you and i perform on thursday night fan oh. pod Woo. came out and saw both of us i perform. feel bad she saw that show. Well, I did. it was a heat. Well, his or girlfriend he. was there, so you can apologize to his girlfriend. I'm sorry. He said I feel you were bad great. for both. Oh, thank you, thank you, Mackie. Uh, it was a rough show. Late night going second for me. When everybody, we're also in the middle. Nobody gives a shit about this. We're also in the middle of a coaching change again. So we are just off. We well, just I want to say we, and I don't want to talk shit, but we crushed our set. Fuck yeah! Like we crushed our set, and then I was just like. Oh, man, I feel bad. Like, Because you know what I mean? Like, Late Night Herald Night, when you watch one great show, and then that show ends, and it's 11.05. And it's then tough. you're just like, oh, I got to watch another team. It's tough. It's and tough, after, dude. Uh, the first team was like, that was really great. Yeah. It's 11.05 now. I want to go home. I don't want to watch another yeah. set. It's tough. Uh, unless there are some headliners coming up, you usually don't want to follow a uh, act that killed it when it's close to midnight. No. <laughs> so, but like, we perform nightly, and my point was being like, I watch so much improv, I rarely see physical stuff. Like, yeah. I rarely see somebody like, fall. anytime I do Amon Adumer, who, I don't know, if you're ever lucky enough to see him perform, maybe we'll have him on the pod someday. We don't have him on the pod because he's a crazy person. But... He does when he does physical stuff. It's so funny, but like, yeah, we rarely see that stuff anymore. And my question is, why? I don't know, dude. Physical comedy is funny, so I, I, I think, I think the better way to answer your question is, is not that we've gotten smarter. It's not that we've lost our sense of humor. I just think slapstick and physical comedy go goes in waves. Uh, now, in, in your aspect, the whole falling into the boobs thing and blah blah blah. I'm sure there will be somebody out there who will say. 
well, why do you need the boobs to fall into? To and I, you know, just all right, man. I all also right. want you guys to know that Jaquise put his hands on his hips when he said that. <laughs> so if you want to know what kind of person he's imitating, well, I'm imitating a know-it-all. Like I feel like this this is somebody who they when they know it all, they're putting their hands on their hips and they're just. So why do you have to do that? That's an uh, old black woman, in case you were wondering. That's what Jaquise's impersonation. <laughs> I don't think old black women come for us like that, man. No, but they put their hands on their hips. They do put their hands on their hips. Uh, Hey, look, I grew up with a whole bunch of old black women. Same here. So, I don't know, man. I I think we just go in waves with that. And I I love physical comedy. I love it, too. I love it. I love a good... That is one of the things that I think was so redeeming about Chevy Chase's character on Community is that every now and then he would just add this physical... Like, there's this one... Of him like messing up a hot dog, so he like tries to like shove it down something, mm-hmm. and but like it like fucks it up even more. So he's just like taking all these hot dogs, and it's just like no joke was written there. That's mm-hmm. clearly him improvising, and it's one of the funniest things ever. Yeah, I mean, it's why people like Jackass. Yeah, Jackass I think so. is terrible. Do you think Jackass is slapstick of? Well, I guess it's no longer of today. Well, they did just have a new movie drop. They did. Is uh... that our? Is that our slapstick of today? I haven't seen it yet, but probably. You you don't have to whisper, Sophie. They did. Yeah, they did. They, they, it's like all like action something or like that. It's like, uh, but are they our slapstick of today? The Jackass crew? Yeah. Are probably. they our Three Stooges? Probably. Uh, it's a it, you know it's based in reality. Yeah, and they're Quote they're physically like they're actually hurting themselves. They are. Although if you go back and read shit about the Stooges, they also are hurting themselves too. <laughs> Because uh, that was back in the day. I, I mean, vaudeville and all that stuff with, with slapstick comedy. Uh, but as far as being on television for slapstick comedy, that wasn't a huge thing. So for, you know, all intents and purposes, the Three Stooges were the pioneers of slapstick comedy on television. I'm sure somebody will come at me and be like, well, actually... Uh, but well, I mean, for a like, comedy series who yeah, was doing it for years. Yeah, like we're not talking about Buster Keaton short films. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So a lot of that shit, they didn't know how to not not do it. <laughs> like That wasn't, it was just like, well, we had to make this look good on TV for multiple episodes. Yeah. So yeah, just slap me in the fucking head. And nobody head. wanted to watch a TV. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you have to like convince people to watch a TV. So yeah. it's like, yo, slap this nigga real quick. And right. people are going to be like, hey, well, hold up, hold up. What happened on that? He just got slapped? Well, let me watch some more. Let me watch some more. And then they had to do different takes of that. I don't know, man. I would, you know what? If in sad, if you're asking me this to tell me that in Sad Boy Edgar, there's a part where you fall into somebody's boobs. There's not a part in Sad Boy Edgar where I fall into <laughs> There's not that much physical humor in Sad Boy Edgar. I was just wondering out loud, like, why don't we do more physical? Because I was, like, doing that as a bit. Because, like, you know, I, you guys don't understand. Anna is mostly mad at me. So I'm always doing these bits to like make her happy and like stuff like that. And I was doing that. <laughs> you bit. fell in her boobs. And- well, I was like, uh, and, and then I was like, why don't why why isn't that in movies anymore? Because I remember that's like a big. I don't know. There are a lot of gags that won't age well. You watched Rush Hour recently? Yeah. You know that detective you bit. The detective who? You. Well, we're about oh, to do it right yeah. now. If you ask one more time, we're about to do the bit right who? now. You. Me? Yeah. 
that's like that's like a bit that I think is so funny. It's but so it won't funny age still, well at all. It won't age I well. Mean, but why the joke not? is that I mean, it's another person. Like you know, it's what I mean? an like, Asian. Yeah. Yes, yeah. I get it. I get it. I you get was it. dead. Me? I'm not the. Yeah, that shit's so funny. That's an old bit though. That's an old bit. That's who's on first. That's yeah, who's, who's on, on first. first. Yeah, yeah, who's on first. And event, like I said, eventually those things come back. Stuff like that goes away. When and it comes back. Again, yeah. yeah, it comes back. Uh, you know what part? It's still fucking funny, though. It's still funny, man. You know the part from Rush Hour that <laughs> kills me all the fucking time? Which one? It is such a small moment, but it's toward the beginning of the movie, and Jackie Chan is chasing uh, whoever the bad guy is in that movie. And like they're running up ladders and shit, and Chris Tucker is chasing behind them. And Jackie Chan does this cool little flip. He goes on like a, a like those you know New York uh, alley grates, and he pushes down the uh, ladder the just a little Angeles, bit. But yes. uh, the, yeah, but it's like those old yeah, New those, York grates, those manholes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and he pushes down the ladder for Chris Tucker, and Chris Tucker can barely reach it. He says, "Hey, Lee." Push the ladder down some more, man. I ain't Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. <laughs> <laughs> and that shit oh, kills man. me. The one that gets me is in Rush Hour 2. The one that gets me is in uh, Rush Hour 2 when they go to that uh, club in China. Yeah. And then, like, Lisa's like, hey, man, just fit in. He's like, fit in? I'm four feet taller than everybody in here. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, <laughs> Rush Hour doesn't get credit for being funny as shit, It's man. funny as fuck. Rush well, Hour is funny as fuck. Looking behind the lines, it, like, I don't know, man, because, like, Brett Ratner wrote, wrote those movies, yeah. which in and of itself is already super problematic. Yeah. Brett Ratner's a fucking douche of a douchebag. He's a douchebag, yeah. Like, he was a known asshole for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, like, the fact that he writes that writes those movies make them a little bit sour. Um but also, and then a I think, lot of the jokes are at the expense of Asian people. <laughs> they are. I, you know, I do think in that aspect, um, Jackie Chan. I know in America we only know him as a rush hour actor, but Jackie Chan is the fucking man uh, in Asia. Uh, he is their absolutely number one star. He's a star there. He, I mean, and and this was way before he started coming over to America, right? And doing like Rumble in the Bronx and exactly. all that stuff because. My dad, if he heard that I was talking about Jackie Chan on the podcast, he'd be so happy. He'd be so he'd be like, I will finally listen. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, dude, Jackie Chan he's was a, the I mean, super cop. Uh, what else was in a really big movie that he did in uh, uh, China? Mm-hmm. Um, um, dang, I can't remember. I, my dad has all of them and watches yeah. all of them. He always pitches me this uh, Jackie Chan movie all the time. They're great. If you, I mean, if you get a chance, you just want to watch some good. As kung fu movies. Watch his old movies. Watch his old movies. They're great. Or watch Rumble in the Bronx, one yeah. of his first American movies. He has a lot of great movies. But I, I feel like he is, even though this was his first really big American movie, I do feel like he still held some clout where certain shit wouldn't fly if he didn't want it to. Uh, that's just my opinion. And then also, uh, you, at this point, Chris Tucker's at the height of his career. Yeah. You have to use Chris, Chris Tucker properly. Yeah. And, and he I, did. And he did. Brett Ratner used He them. used him properly. Well, because, and he was familiar with him from the, again, crazy of a movie, Money Talks. Money Talks was great. Charlie Sheen and, yeah. <laughs> and Chris Tucker. Um, Money Talks man. was very funny. Uh, I have not seen Money Talks in a long time, but I remember loving it. I watch it every time it's on TBS. That's the channel we'll come on. I mean, no, that's TBS. what my dad, that's what my dad always, every time I'm home, he's just like, oh, come on, Edgar. <laughs> let's watch Money Talks. <laughs> let's watch Money Talks. And then let's talk about Jackie Chan. 
and then your mom tells you, it's Saturday, turn that damn TV off. <laughs> well, we'll start watching it on a Friday, and then the sun will start setting, and then my mom will be like, guys, turn it's the Sabbath. Um, but do you, you want to hear the Jackie Chan <coughs> movie that my dad always pitches me every time I'm home? Yeah. All right, here it is. It's very, very simple. So he goes, <laughs> he goes, okay, so Japan has been mad at us ever since Hiroshima. They've been very upset that we dropped a bomb. So secretly, they've been planning an attack on us mm-hmm. for a long, long time. So what they do is they release a poison <laughs> that stops everyone from having a baby. And then they get all the men and they snip them. They snip their penis. <laughs> this is my dad's movie. This is my dad's movie, okay? And then, so America cannot have kids anymore. Japan <laughs> is in control of everything. Except there is one guy who is a double agent. Jackie Chan. <laughs> Jackie Chan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And I'm just like, yo, dad, that movie's one, very racist. <laughs> Two, that's crazy. That's a crazy idea for that's a movie. That's a crazy idea for a movie. And I love that your dad loves that movie. And it's man. Japan. Hmm? It's Japan. Yeah, it's Japan. He thinks that Japan has been plotting its revenge on us. Right. But Jackie Chan's not Japanese. No, but that's why he's a double (laughs) agent. That's great, man. That's great. I love the movies our parents love. Yeah. It it is so great. I, I go over my granddad's house, and he'll just be watching some of the wackest shit on TV. But then he'll be like, you want to watch a movie? I'm like, yeah. He pops in some westerns. I'm like, this is boring as fuck, and not even good. What? Westerns. Which ones? Which I, ones? Westerns that don't that you don't know the name of them. Like, like the ones that you get at like a at the a ones big you get lot? at the five box, yeah. the five dollar box at Walmart. <laughs> yeah, like they're not even good westerns. I don't know, Doug, because some of those westerns, like Once Upon a Time in the West. Yeah, yeah, there are some like, westerns that are great. Like any Sergio Leone like western is like fucking tight. But these are like the five dollar band westerns. Uh, that you get somebody for Christmas when you don't know what else to get them, or you just need that last gift, just need that last fucking gift. It's like those, uh, like uh, I don't know if you ever seen like those like three and one Steven Seagal movies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's five dollars to get three Steven you Seagal movies in one. Seagal movies. That is the, if you want to get my dad a Father's Day gift, That's get it. him one of those three and one <laughs> Steven Seagal or Chuck Norris DVDs, <laughs> and he'll go. The man watches NCIS every fucking day. Yeah. My grandma, yeah, same thing. She, for whatever reason, she loves Angelina Jolie and Liam Neeson. <laughs> I don't, anything Liam Neeson, she saw Take. my grandma is one of those people, like, Taken was a good movie. I, I really, It's a good movie. It's a good movie. I really enjoyed it. I didn't think I would. I thought it was cheesy from the trailers. I went to go see it in a movie. It was like, God damn, this dude is kicking ass. Yeah. Uh, and they don't really make kicking ass movies like that. They anymore. don't. But my grandma is the type who doesn't watch stuff like that. So when she sees that, it blows her mind. <laughs> so, <laughs> so she saw Taken and was like, Who, I love them Taken. Boo, she calls me Boo. Boo, you seen them Taken movies? I'm like, yeah, grandma, I seen them. Who, boy, I, you want to go see Taken 2 with me? I'm like, no. <laughs> no. Uh, so every Christmas, Angelina Jolie movies or Liam Neeson movies. Like, that's what you have to get at. I mean, I was raised on those action movies, which is so weird, like, that I'm, like, a pretentious comedy nerd now. Mm-hmm. But, like, I, like, yeah, uh, like, you 
commented earlier, I wasn't allowed to watch TV on Saturday. And then so Saturday night, we'd all like all crowd around the TV and then they'd put on, like we would watch a family movie, but it was always TNT. So like I was raised on like Jean-Claude Van Damme, like his action movies are Steven Seagal. Mm -hmm. I have seen uh, fucking Rambo so many times. So, <laughs> like, yeah. And those are like things that we were all watching as like a whole. Like I'm talking about me and my extended family all sitting around just watching those movies. Yeah. I grew up on Walker, Texas Ranger, the show. Mm -hmm. Or, uh, I don't know if you remember, Martial Law. I do. Uh, I do. I grew up in the house with my grandparents. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that is M-A-R-T-I-A-L Law. It's uh, about a, it's basically Rush Hour, but a TV show. Yeah. With Arsenio Hall making some guest appearances every now and then. Crazy. I used to watch Heat of the Night. Oh, man, I used to watch Heat of the Night. Uh, I mean, Have you look, seen the movie? The movie's really good. The movie's good. The movie's very good. The TV show, eh. But the movie's great, very though. good. Uh, is Sydney in the TV show? Huh? I don't think Sydney's in the TV show. Uh, right? No, the the Archie Bunker character. Yeah, he is. Um, I can't. I cannot. I'm so mad. I can't think of his name right now. But Alice who's, who's the black guy in the TV show though? Because it's not Sydney Poitier. It's not Sydney Poitier. Good. The movie's great. Uh, let's find out. We got phones. I used to watch uh, Nash Bridges. You ever watch Nash Bridges? I do. I actually know. Uh, I did watch it. I'm actually pretty good friends with uh, a guy who was a star in that movie, Danny Roebuck. Oh, really? Yeah, which is pretty funny. Carol O'Connor. Uh, I don't want to say Alice. I'm stupid. Uh, Carol O'Connor is uh, the guy who also played Archie Bunker. He's yeah. He's a great fucking actor. Yeah. Great fucking actor. And he did night is really good. Oh, that theme song uh, used to go hard. Let's find And Howard Rollins. Yes. That's his name. What else? What, are, what were the other shows our, our parents and our grandparents would make us watch that were just, oh, man, fucking Ma Matlock. Matlock? Oh, man. Oh, Matlock was good, man. No, it wasn't. It's Matlock the same good. episode every fucking <laughs> it time, dude. It is, man. But look, man, Andy Griffin now is a cop. <laughs> what else do you need? Uh, my mom used to my mom used to make me watch uh, Murder She Wrote. Uh, Murder She Wrote was one I had to watch. A yeah. Jag. You ever watch Jag? I didn't watch it, but I know it. I didn't watch it. I mean, I grew up watching All My Children with my grandma. I would uh, watch All My Children in Passions. Passions. Going Passions. for vampires. Yeah. What else, man? What else did we were forced to watch? Ja I used to watch Jag. Um, fuck, what else? I mean, obviously, all the Law and Orders. Like, yeah. I used to, used to watch all of them. See, I also grew up in a house where, you know, we, we watched a lot of comedy, too, so... I grew up on, and my mom is a huge cartoon person. Yeah. So, like, I grew up on, you know, Flintstones, Tom and Jerry, Tom Jerry. Uh, Scooby Doo, Looney Tunes. I own every season of Looney Tunes. Yeah, Scooby Doo Tunes. was one that I was allowed to watch. So that was my mom, and then with my grandmother, it was what's game the shows what's the shark game. one? Uh, I, shark. I was allowed to watch that one. The shark one. Jabbermouth or whatever. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Jabberjaw. Jabberjaw. Yeah. He's in the band. Yo, some yeah. of those shows are Josie and the Pussycats high as fuck. Yeah. Yo, what if these niggas is in a band with a shark? That's great. It's <laughs> great, dude. <laughs> it's so great. Let me think about the sitcoms I was allowed to watch. I was allowed to watch Martin a little bit. Martin, mm -hmm. They thought that Martin was too racy for me. Martin was kind of racy. Uh, a different world. Different world. That See, was when I was allowed because it was like family values and stuff yeah. like that. See, that's a lot of stuff that I was watching because it was new, and like that was the things we were watching on TV currently. Uh, but watching TV with my aunts or my grandparents or my mom, it was a lot of Three's Company. Uh, no, Three's my family don't. Oh uh, no, they like Golden Girls. That Golden was the Girls one that was... they would, the old one that they would watch. Is they like yeah. Golden Girls? I didn't watch Golden Girls that much. I mean, I know it. 
everybody knows. And then the one that we'd always watch was The Nanny. <laughs> and then you would go, Edgar needs this alone time. I'll be Listen, back. I already told Anna this, and she doesn't believe me, but I'll tell you right now in the pod, first time I ever masturbated freshman year of high school. I'm so sorry. <laughs> that's young. That's old. <laughs> well, I don't get why that's old. Nigga, you was 14. Just discovering your dick? <laughs> that's old, man. This is what I would do when I had a Man, I discovered my dick on accident. That's, like what, that's what Anna was doing right now. Yeah, she said seven or eight. But when I liked a girl in, in middle school, what I would do is I would go home and I would pray to God that she could be my wife one day. <laughs> that was my masturbation in middle school. You're about to get so many women come at you and be like, that's the sweetest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> Edgar, you know, I was feeling some type of way, but let's give it up for Edgar. <laughs> You you just get you just gained a whole bunch of fans. It's true. I would go home. I'll tell you, one girl, Marche Tate. I was in love with her in middle school. And I'll go home and I'll say, God, let me be a good man so that one day I can marry Marche Tate. And now you have come short. <laughs> that's true. Uh, I went deep on the other side. That's why. That's why. You know, listen, I, all y'all parents out there, let your kids masturbate, or else they're gonna have come shorts when they grow up. <laughs> Because they didn't learn from a young age how to fucking jerk off. <laughs> so, so they... <laughs> so, dude, I got... When, you know, you do when you're young. Well, I did. And I, uh, I got um, caught. Because when I first discovered it, and most boys, when they discover it, they don't jack off how they do as an adult. You just do like the little rubbing action. That's what do. That's what boys do. Uh, at least that's what I did when I was a kid. And I didn't know that I wasn't supposed to be doing. I didn't know this was a private thing. I was just like, this feels great. I don't do this as much as I want. And I got caught doing it in my whitey tighties in the front living room door with the door wide open in broad daylight. And my grandma came in and was like, "Boy, don't you be playing with yourself. You don't play with yourself ever, ever." And because she thought it was of the devil. Yeah, the things of the devil that he'll make you go blind or break your back. <laughs> break your back. You never heard that <laughs> No. I heard the blind thing, but I've never heard break, break your, your back. back. How? It'll give you back problems. How? What's what? your. I want you. So I'm, not gonna away, I'm not going to simulate. I'm not going to simulate. Show is... me your position right now, bro. I'm pretty sure your back is hunched as fuck. You're not no, saying no, no. I'll be leaning, dude. I That's lean. still bad for your back. I lean or I sit straight up. That's so. bad for your back. I'm not simulating Jack and all, Sophie. You don't have to hide Come your on. eyes. Here's how most people do it. Most people are just like this. <laughs> no, I don't check. For, They're like this. They're like, Ugh. For most people who can't see Edgar, which is all of you, <laughs> Edgar literally put his chin <laughs> about five inches away from his dick. <laughs> And like, dude, no, I don't jack off with my chin where I can get cum shots in my face. hunched over, bro. Like, y'all are hunched over. Y'all are breaking your back. That's like how... Masturbation can lead to back problems. Google it. That's how people jack off on, in stand-up. <laughs> Just like jack off. <laughs> give me these. Give me these. That's nobody. Nah, dude, I'm trying to get comfortable. <laughs> Unless you're arching or you're giving yourself some support for your back you're probably fucking up your back nah man i kick my foot up on the on the computer table uh what what is this what sophie? is this sophie for all the women in the world move on <laughs> no 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 because women masturbate too yeah, yeah. Women yeah. masturbate yeah. too yeah but lucky for women they're not they here. can masturbate in a way <laughs> that it is good for their backs <laughs> All right. The weirdest all right. <laughs> women can because they can lay <laughs> We uh, 
So women have that advantage. That's another way that women are better than men. So right. They can masturbate in a way that doesn't right. hurt their backs. All right. We, uh... It's done. No, no we're going to keep talking about this now. No. You shouldn't have said something. <laughs> let's, talk, let's talk about the lubrication you use. No. no. <laughs> oh, man, we got to get out of uh, here. We do got to get out of here. Hey, look, man. Uh, this was a dope episode. Shay Serrano, we got to thank my man one more time. Absolutely. Um, again, go follow Shay at Shay Serrano on Twitter. Uh, go buy his books. Uh He's a dope-ass dude who did us a solid by coming on and blessing us with his knowledge on ball, rap. Uh, look out for my man, like I said. Also, at Culture Kings Pod, hit us up. Talk to us. Love us. Like us. Do what you do. Uh, Edgar, what you got? Listen, got the same things I got all the time. Check me out on Instagram at Awfulgram. Check me out on Twitter at Edgar Montblazier. Um... And uh, be on the lookout for Sad Boy Edgar coming soon. Hey, yo, we still out here trying to get these check marks. Trying to get these oh, check yeah. marks. So hit us marks. up on Twitter at Jackie's Neil. Edgar is his name at Edgar Montplazier. Uh, go follow us, man. Look, one thing I'll say that, and, and Shay Serrano is actually one dude who inspires me to reach out to people and actually like respond to shit and talk to people and stuff like that. Uh, I don't ever want to get to a point where I feel like I'm too big to respond. Uh, to people I know it becomes problematic as, at a certain point where you just get too many fucking people hitting you up but yeah man if you hit me up man I'm, I'm more than likely gonna gonna talk back so uh hit me up man I, I like talking to people it's, it's pretty dope let's get out of here with a deep cut deep cut of the week I'm gonna take y'all way back I, I feel like our deep cuts lately have been all in the 90s Maybe late to maybe late eighties. I don't know. I went deep back 2000. on one of my deep cuts and I got dragged for it. You got dragged. All right. Well, I'm gonna go back to 1978. I don't know what they blamed your deep cut on, but I'm gonna blame mine on a boogie. Blame it on a boogie, baby. Jackson Five. Y'all don't get the fuck up and dance in whatever position y'all in right now. Listening to this track, I don't know you and I don't want to know you, but I do want y'all to keep on listening because we will be back. Bye.
Sunshine, yeah. Moonlight, good times, good times. Okay. 